listening to the CyberSide Chat podcast series where we examine issues related to our hybrid world. This podcast is the audio from a video over on the Lars Institute YouTube channel. Thanks for tuning in for this video. This is the third in a series of videos that really lay out the core concepts and ideas behind uh, a lot of the governance and other things that we'll be talking about on the podcast and the video series. And so far, we've covered the core principles really that relate to how and you see those uh, on this slide, which are strategy, resiliency, legal compliance, financial performance. And we've talked a bit about risk. Uh, today, what we're going to talk about is governance. And that's obviously is inclusive of risk, but but does go to the value side. And, and we'll probably take a break from the break from the slide casts around the core curricula, if you will, of these three, um, but then return and start talking about really value uh, in the future as sort of part of this core curricula as well, and and focus on strategy and financial performance. But but today we want to really focus on, and really there's there's two questions there. Why would you do it? And what is it? And I think as I've really worked in this space a long time, um, you know, Part of what I see is that we, as I've said before, use all these terms and we all mean different things by them. Governance and compliance, again, are related but very different things in many ways, and we'll see that in in a future slide. But one of the main things to really think about if if you're thinking about implementing governance is by being compliant, you've really delegated a lot of authority to a third. And whether that's SEC requirements, even those that sound in governance, you're letting the SEC make the decisions for you. And that's true when you're dealing with ISO standards, NIST standards, laws, whatever it is, you have a third party telling you what to do and you're just simply following it, following it right now. That's not to say that there aren't standards you have to comply with, um, whether you agree or not. But the point is, if all you do is that, you've basically let a third party dictate your entire program. And that's not really what companies probably want to do, particularly when it's mandated by a legislature or a regulator, because they're not thinking about your business strategy. They're not thinking about financial performance. Um, You know, the focus really isn't probably operational resiliency. What being compliant gets you is in most cases, legal compliance. And so that's one of the main reasons to really not just focus on compliance, but rather start thinking about these things in terms of governance. Governance is also risk-informed while compliance is binary. And what I mean by that is, if you think about compliance, there's a standard and you either do it or you don't. Governance allows the entry of risk tolerance and risk appetite, as we've talked about in, in prior videos, really to enter the equation to, to try to determine where overall you should be as a company and and not just blindly implementing controls. It also allows you, frankly, to focus um, less on, control, on controls and focus on strategy, uh, direction, oversight, monitoring, reporting. And we'll see that as part of the governance process. Really, compliance is one step out of five steps of governance. And that becomes really important if Rather than just saying we are going to talk about kind of how those, what these different terms mean around gap assessments and control assessments, but 
if understanding the level and type of risk is important, governance is then important. And and this goes back to the sort of second core video here that that I previously did, which is again, resiliency risk and legal compliance risk are both core concepts and not all control frameworks uh, or compliance frameworks necessarily cover both of those. And it it may not also in any way give you the level of risk the company still has of the residual risk, right? So governance is is the process that allows you really to start doing that and understanding some of these issues. And so if you know compliance is the goal, compliance works. But if understanding risk, the type of risk and the level of risk is important, governance becomes very important. Um, obviously, compliance is not business or value focused. And that's not to say that business issues or value should trample compliance, but it is to say compliance is, you know, again, binary and focused on complying with a standard. Um, it, it also obviously only really ties to one of those corporate principles that are, that are illustrated on this slide, which is the legal compliance. And, you know, the final thing really is if you're simply focused on compliance, um, particularly when you're dealing with um, laws around privacy right now and even cyber security standards, it means you're going to be modifying your program probably frequently, frequently, right? Because these standards are changing rapidly. And if what you're doing is shooting at what did this state do or what is the latest from the SEC, not that you don't have to do that, but if that's the sole focus, the one thing I can tell you is you'll be changing your program quite there are also a variety of tactical reasons to implement governance. Uh, it, it means your processes and the governance process itself will be more efficient. It, it will drive better outcomes. It will drive better executive decisions. It should drive increased profit. It enhances your risk controls and your risk posture. It will lead to better legal compliance, enhance cyber defenses, improve national security, depending on uh, the industry or the type of company, and a variety of other things. The bottom line is it, it really does help implement um, programs in a in a more mature way, and that's kind of the point. And it's more business and risk informed rather than just being simply con- simply control framework focused, which is in some cases how compliance programs ultimately play out. And that's what this slide tries to represent: is sort of the progression up the chain of uh, compliance to full governance. And what this is meant to represent is obviously tier one at ad hoc compliance, tier two risk informed compliance really, and tier three repeatable um, are predominantly risk focused. And once you start getting into tier three and then go to tier four, which is the adaptive programs, you start factoring in risk and value more. And, And that's the difference between, again, a control framework focused program versus a program that is governed that ties to the corporate principles we've we've talked about ties to a variety of other things that we'll see when we go through the governance structure, uh, rather than just the orange box you'll see there of of controls. And so, again, this is meant to to illustrate that the other issues other than compliance really don't start coming in probably till you get to some form of a tier some form of a tier three program, which is a repeatable program that that does have um, structures and reporting and measurement in there to try to start moving past just uh, being compliant uh, on, on a particular framework. And one thing is important to note, that governance, full, you know, full governance, whether it's tier three or tier four, 
isn't necessarily necessary for every particular risk or even every particular company, but it, it is to say that if all you're doing is compliance, then that's all you're doing, right? And so where that's okay, and there's many times where being legally compliant is sufficient, that's great. Um, if you do want more, a more sort of 360 look at things, um, simply tying something to a control framework may not necessarily uh, be. And to help tease that out before we get into uh, the governance structure, it, it's helpful to understand different assessments that companies may do uh, to illustrate kind of the differences. You will hear that companies will do a controller gap assessment. And what that refers to is the company will choose uh, by itself or with some input a particular control framework that it wants to assess itself against. And then once that framework is used, any gaps or missing controls are identified. And that's really the gap assessment that, that we all know and talk about. A maturity assessment is different. It certainly builds upon a gap assessment, but what it looks at is not just a binary, you do this or you don't gap, but rather is that control something that companies in similar contexts or similar, of similar size do? And that, all, that starts to get into some issues around governance because it doesn't just simply say, here's a gap, here's a control framework, here's a gap, that's it. Um, and so as you start to look at maturity of programs rather than just controls, you do start inherently going down a path of at least beginning to move up that governance chain. There are assessments in a variety of different industries around governance, which really aren't necessarily fully control-based. There are controls in those, but they do look at things other than just, do you do this particular thing? this particular way. And we'll get into really in the next slide what that process looks like in the abstract, but it's important to note that this does somewhat help, I think, illustrate the difference between a control focus and a governance focus because even the different types of assessments you can do in any area aren't just limited to control or gap assessments. And here we see really the distinction between compliance and governance illustrated well with this governance process. The process starts with setting a direction, then moves to setting a strategy, including risk tolerance and risk appetite, creating oversight structures, then the creation of a program or controls. And that, as we see here, can be keyed to corporate governance, global pri privacy requirements, SEC requirements, cyber requirements, ESG, or anything else. And then measurement reporting is created, which then feeds back into oversight. And, you know, really to illustrate the, the question that the answer to the question is a compliance program will meet the standards or should meet the standards of the orange box. And to the extent that those controls require some form of light oversight or oversight, that's included, but none of the rest of it really is. And so where you need a process uh, where you need an area governed, uh, meaning direction's important strategy, including risk tolerance and risk appetite, which is, for most companies, a very critical thing, as well as oversight and measurement and reporting to make sure the program works well, that's when governance should be considered. And, and so that really is the distinction we need to look at here is 
if what's important is the program and the controls, the orange box is the focus. And that, as we see here, can be keyed to any particular uh, type of framework or control framework. But if the other things are important, uh, including understanding the level of risk, um, particularly residual risk, it's important to to look at governance and whether this broader structure that does give you a broader view into value and risk and strategy and direction is what you need, um, as well as the measurement reporting, which is what allows you really to understand, to go back to the prior video, the nature of the residual risk and the level of the residual risk. So that can feed into oversight. As you can see illustrated here, that's not typically part of control frameworks in the classic sense. And if that's important, then again, governance becomes more important. And as we start to think through this and build this process out, uh, you can see here, the way we start to do that is really through these five boxes, which is conducting a business process inventory, also looking at a risk tolerance assessment and understanding the role of data and connectivity when you're focused on particularly data or privacy risk, as well as cyber connectivity risk. You would then want to look at these things and, and align, frankly, the program to the corporate governance principles or corporate principles. We talked about the, the four principles of, of value and risk controls. You would then want to create governance structures, and those are really what create the oversight layer, um, whether that's at a board level or other other inferior levels for programmatic governance, which we'll talk about. But you want to make sure you have the right governance structures. Uh, you want to assess your current control state. And as we talked about before, that might be a gap assessment, a maturity assessment, or both. And then that may very well lead to creating a new control framework. This is a very control focused process I've illustrated, as you'll we'll see in the next slide. It, there's a broader process to follow, really, if you abstract how you would create governance. But one of the key things here is starting with business process inventory, because again, if, if I'm looking at controls, particularly controls set by law or regulators, they're not focused on your business processes. And for most companies, they make money through some form of a business process. It either is what they sell or it's how they create what they sell. And so understanding the business process inventory is is important because that may drive different layers, different levels of compliance or effort around different issues. So this can be done different ways, but starting with the business processes and really identifying the core business processes is something that I think helps a lot of companies really focus their efforts as they get into this area. To illustrate sort of the continuous process here of, of governance, uh, this wheel really illustrates how one would do it. You create oversight, you implement and align that oversight layer as well as other related issues. You do look at the a business impact assessment as well as a risk assessment as relevant. You implement policies and procedures. As appropriate, you train the team on those. You then exercise and test uh, against this program based upon the training and, and the exercising and testing, as well as other inputs, you review and update, you then monitor and report, and that then feeds back into the oversight layer. And so, so this is how one can organize an entire governance program really around these core principles. There's a lot that goes beneath it to really help illustrate uh, and build out governance, including the controls. And that's you know, I think one thing really to note with this is the process itself really doesn't vary that much. Um, what can vary is the control framework, right? And so 
obviously different companies have different business processes and different risks, and that can vary, but the process of getting there is the same. Creating control frameworks, policies, and procedures, again, the process is the same. Now, what they look like obviously can vary quite a bit, but a lot of the other work from a process perspective is going to look the same. And so that's when we sort of, you know, if we go back to the sort of more linear box form of governance, that's where, you know, you do key that orange box to different things. But the reality is the rest of the process really is very similar. And frankly, the more similar you can make the process for yourself uh, across different risk areas or control areas, the easier it is for everyone to know what to do because you have consistency across the company doing it. So this really lays out, I think, the the why of governance and the what of governance. Uh, the programs themselves obviously vary you know, dramatically depending upon, again, the risks you're controlling as well as the level of governance you want to have around a particular issue. But the process itself should look very similar just with optionality around what level of effort is put into it. So we'll return eventually to talk about value and how it fits into to governance as well. But these three videos really lay the foundation for a lot of the future discussions that we'll have, with the first being the identification of the four principles companies really operate and oversee themselves against, the second being risk, understanding related concepts such as risk acceptance, risk tolerance, risk appetite, as well as the concept that the quantity of risk and the quality of risk both matter um, and understanding both is is important. And then today, going through how compliance and governance are related, but but really are different. And if the goal is to have a deeper understanding of sort of relative risk based upon the residual risk of a company, governance is usually a helpful way to begin to understand that. Um, obviously, when we talk about value, we'll really put the value piece in as well because governance uh, does go to that and control frameworks, frankly, just inherently really aren't about creating value at a company. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll be moving more towards interview formats for the podcast as well as the videos in the future. But uh, it was important to have a few of these uh, really lay out the core principles as we as we begin to go down that uh, that path. Please join us for future CyberSide Chats as we continue to examine issues related to the hybrid world. Mm-hmm.